That's how you know there's an open heaven over the place. Because there's no nothing to restrict it. But we're going to save that for glory night. And then we got to get some teaching in. Or we'll get off balance. We'll be a bunch of drunk people with no truth. <laughs> Amen. We'll be drunk in the spirit. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to get this out or not, but I've got to get the points out. Um, this is an exciting year this year. This is the 70th Jubilee and the seventh year. Can you imagine what's going to happen? Now, I know why the Lord gave me the instruction for this year, because he doesn't want us to miss the Jubilee. Because Jubilee starts in the fall. It's this year, but it actually manifests in the fall. The trumpets blow at the beginning of the fall. And what the Jubilee is, that's when the, the Israelites, he got them out of bondage. He canceled out debts. Supernaturally canceled out debts. It wouldn't that be amazing. It's already happened in this ministry, but it's got to happen to some more people before the end of the year. And that's what I want to get, make sure that our people don't miss the grace that's at hand right now. Because if you can picture this, January, February, and March was the what? The death. That's where we're trying to put death to something that's not right into our life. Something that Jesus already crucified and we keep resurrecting. Amen. Fears and anger and unforgiveness, shame and rejection, even, even your, your, your desires that God has given you. He asked us to nail those to the cross because sometimes we get so caught up in the desire that we'll miss the relationship with Christ. So we're supposed to nail those to the cross and we had a cross up here. We nailed everything up there. But the, this January, February, March, April, May, and June is the critical month because everything has to be buried. That means it's got to be out of sight. Out of sight. And if you can picture this, grace, grace runs in rhythms. It's called the rhythms of grace. It goes like this, it goes like this, it goes like this, it goes like this. So when God announced the order for this year, because God's a God of order and instruction, when he announced what he's going to do this year, grace kicked in. Amen. And we were, we were able to write down on our note cards and nail them to the cross because of grace. Jesus couldn't have went to the cross without grace. Amen. But that grace was at a level. And that grace was peaking the more we approached the burial season. So grace is at a high level right now. Amen. If we miss June by completing burial, that means get everything out of sight that's in the way of God. Just don't even mess with it no more. Turn from it. Amen. Just turn from it. If we don't do it, this is what happens. He showed me this in a vision today. I don't know if Todd put that on the screen or not. Um, I swamped Todd this afternoon, so I probably didn't have time to do it. Grace begins to go down like this. So the struggle is worse to try to bury it. When grace is at its peak, there's warfare, but there's not a struggle. Does that make sense? There's warfare all around you, but there's not a struggle. Because when grace is at its peak, grace is protecting you. Grace is moving you and pushing you to that destiny God wants you in. But grace does peak out and then it diminishes like this. And then it just levels off again. When that grace begins to diminish, what you're trying to do now is going to be a lot harder in June. So that's the final month to try to bury everything. So the month of, where are we, May, June? Get my mind. We in May? Just got in May. This is the critical month. This is where grace is really high right now. This is where love is really high right now. Amen. You saw love. There was enough love in here to set everybody free a little while ago. Amen. God embraced us all. He loves mothers. 
But he also showed me in Hebrews 12, 5, that he loves those he chastens. He loves those he rebukes. And he loves those he scourges. Because if he didn't love us, he wouldn't correct us. Chasten means this, to instruct. When you hear God's voice, that's chasten. Because every time God speaks, he's given instruction. Amen. Rebuke means this, a sharp reproval. So the chasten comes within. The rebuke's going to come from without. Somebody's going to come to you and say, hey, man, you better obey God. You need to do what God told you to do, right? That's a rebuke. But if we, we continue to not do what God's asked us to do, and then we know what he's asked us to do because he lives in us, then he delivers it over to scourging, which is a circumstance that we can't control. How many have been there? How many have been in a situation that you absolutely could not control? That the situation was now controlling you. But it caused you to die, didn't it? it? It caused you to cry out to God. It caused you to turn, didn't it? You don't have to get to that point. If a, if a man or woman of God comes up to you and say, hey, look, uh, you need to stop doing that or you need to obey God. Or, and it bears witness of what God has already told you. You need to act on it right then. Just obey God. Because if we don't, it's going to, I call it the highest level of his love is the scourging. And you can put it under that physical pain. That's where the pain shows up. Amen. That is where the pain shows up. But I always said this, pain is weakness leaving the body. Pain is weakness leaving the body. I think most Christians, for the most part, have forgotten that they are not their own. That they were bought by the blood of Jesus, and we really do not have a choice. But God, in all his grace, because he knows our ignorance, gives us a choice. Right? He said, hey, I'm putting life and death before you choose what you will this day. We don't have a choice. So I don't know why it's such a struggle for us to obey him. I can't grasp my mind around that. Because the way he transformed my life, it's easy to obey. The way he changed my life, it's easy. And the same with you. Y'all have had some radical things happen to you. Some radical supernatural deliverance has happened in this place, and you're not the same person. I just saw what happened to Drew last Saturday night. That was amazing how God just stepped in and did it. And the boy's never the same now. The rivers are flowing in him now. It's the test of our love for God when we're willing to do what he's asked us to do. It's a test of love. Isaiah chapter 1, 19, I think it is. 18, 19, and 20. Just write it down. We're not going to have time to go into these scriptures. But that's where he says, if you're willing and obedient. Most of us are willing to do the right thing, but we don't know how to do the right thing because we're not obeying what he said because he does it through us. Does that make sense? He has to do it through us. So he says, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. So nothing but good is going to come into your life through obedience. But if he said, if you are disobedient, then the sword will devour you. So what is the sword? The word of God. It's going to start moving and separating the joints and the marrow. He's going to start separating the flesh from the spirit. The contamination in our mind. He's going to begin to separate that. Because he's determined for you to be like him. He's determined for you to live like him. We serve a God who is, who is blessed. Amen. He's got the whole earth and the heavens too. That's the God we serve. So the month of May is a critical, critical month in obeying the Lord. 
If we are willing and obedient, it says, we will bury procrastination and do what God says. We'll bury gossip. Even in, in even this month of, of burial, you see the old man try to speak. I've heard gossip. I've heard, even from our own people, lies. I've heard, seen procrastination. But when it's in view like that, it's ready for burial. Amen. Don't you go to the funeral home, you see a viewing of the body for it, where it's covered up. When these things begin to manifest, when bondage begins to manifest, when, when drug abuse begins to manifest, that's the viewing in place. Only God can make that happen. The devil don't want to be known because he wants to kill you first. And the first thing we want to do is condemn the people that's got the problem. Amen. When we should be rejoicing over them and embracing them. Because Jesus has shown the light on that person and all this bondage is in view. Ready for a burial. Amen. Spouses. God might, be, might come on your wife or your husband and everything's coming out. And you just want to get rid of them. Because <laughs> you don't think they're ever going to change. They can't change. God changes them. But he sent a helper into the marriage to help the man get through it, to help the woman get through it. Amen. That's where you're there to help each other get through it. Amen. I got one amen. That was from me. <laughs> Gossip lies. Not reading your Bible. Man, that's a big one. Not reading your Bible. Listen, you can get up and worship God all, all you want, but if the word's not there to, to, for it to hold on to, because the, the worship is not going to hold on to you. The worship's going to hold on to the word. So you're deceiving yourself if you're not reading your Bible every day. You can worship where you get, get in the presence of God and think you've got God's approval. That's not God's approval. That's just his presence. But you have to open up that word after you worship and begin to meditate on that word. If you drank water all your life, you wouldn't grow, would you? Worship is water. It brings the water of the spirit on you. But you got to have the word to be able to grow and change. Bury what we nailed to the cross. Things, people, and desires. Things, people, and desires. Everything that's in God's way. Everything that's got you distracted. Everything that's got you distracted was nailed to that cross. And you nailed it. Now we got to bury it. This is going to be comical here in a little while. Bury greed. I see greed in our people. And when you know what greed does, it doesn't want you to let go of something. Greed causes you to hold on to something so tight that it leads you to poverty. And if there's a struggle, then you're struggling with greed. Amen. If God has asked you to do something, then do it. If God has asked you to help somebody, then help them. But if it involves letting go of something to help someone else, and you've got to struggle with that, then you've got a spirit of greed. And it's going to lead you to poverty. Amen. The Lord taught me this a long time ago. He said, you need to let go of it. Because it will lead you to poverty. It will invite the spirit of poverty on your life. Amen. Grace is at its peak this month. What's the word say? Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. But I'm excited about a jubilee. That's why we have to know the times and seasons of God this year and what he's doing. Because property was restored in jubilee. Debts were canceled. People were freed up from bondage from years. All happened in the year of jubilee. And this is a, this is a, this is a jubilee that church has never experienced before because it's the 70th one and the 7th. 
This is the seventh year of the 70th Jubilee. So you can imagine how powerful this fall is going to be. When we get everything out of the way, that's going to be in the way of love. See, that's the key. If you can get everything out of the way that's in the way of love, then you're going to be in position to receive. And the results are going to be beyond the norm. It's going to be beyond the norm what you're going to experience. God only made appearances at Passover and at Jubilees. Amen? He only made personal appearances at Passovers and Jubilees. So God's going to give you a personal experience, a personal uh, visitation this year. And that's why he wants you to, to get the times and the seasons down of what he's doing right now. But the title of this message, it'll be a short message, I'm going to skip around a little bit so I can get it finished, is uh, called the obituary column. <laughs> now, an obituary is a public notice, right? Of someone's death, right? And their history up to that death, right? And their successors, right? <laughs> okay, we're going to go into some, just a little bit of covenant teaching right now because I want, to, want you to understand covenant. And there's three essential ingredients in the blood making, blood covenant making. That's what number three. Number one is the bond that originates from God. The blood covenant is a bond that originates from God. Jesus' blood covenant with us is a bond that originates from God. Number two is the offering of the blood sacrifice. Number three, God's sovereign administration of the outcome. If you've got the blood of Jesus on you, who were in it regeneration. God is sovereign with your outcome. It's going to be a good outcome. He didn't say everything was going to be perfect. He just said he would be with us. And that all things would work together for what? Our good. So that means you're going to have some bad things. But it's working with the good things for a good outcome. Because it's amazing how bad things can get things out of our life. Genesis uh, 17, I will make a covenant between me and you. He was talking to Abraham. And I will multiply you exceedingly greatly. And see, that's the covenant that you're in is the Abrahamic covenant. We have a covenant making God. Let's look at the definition of covenant. It's a pledge. It's a treaty and it's agreement. This is what covenant means. Because I want to I want to I want to keep those three. That's going to be the theme through this covenant teaching is a pledge, a treaty, and an agreement. And this is one of the most theological important words in the whole Bible is covenant. And we see here God's irrevocable pledge is that we, he will be God to Abraham and his descendants forever. And that's you and me. Forever he'll be your God. He'll never not be your God. His love will endure forever. And God reveals his covenant promises to those who fear him. Let's look at Psalm 25, 14. The secret of the Lord is those with those who fear him. And he will show them his covenant. Now, these are the blessings in Psalm 25. You don't have to go to these, Todd. I'm just going to tell you what it is. There's six blessings and fear in the Lord. Number one, he's going to give you guidance. Number two, prosperity. Number three, future posterity. That means your children are going to be blessed. Number four, divine confidence. Number five, covenant. Number six, deliverance. So I need to repeat those. Somebody say something. Guidance, prosperity future posterity, divine confident, number five, covenant, number six is deliverance. The reason we mess up so much is because we don't have the fear of the Lord. The reason it's so easy to go into sin because we don't have the fear of the Lord. So I want to, I want to show you what the fear of the Lord is in the word. Proverbs eight thirteen. 
The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride, arrogance, and the evil way, and the perverse mouth I hate. That's the fear of the Lord, is to hate evil. You just get that little, those two words, hate evil, hate evil. Anything that would offend God, we're to hate. Anything that would offend him, we're to hate. That is the fear of the Lord. Now, Proverbs 2, 1 through 5, let's go to those. I want to show you how to, how to understand the fear of the Lord. It says, my son, if you receive my words, that's the first condition, and treasure my commands, because every time he gives you an instruction, he's going to give you a command on how to do it within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. And then you will find the knowledge of God. That's what we're trying to do is find out who he is. I tell everybody around here, we bumped into Jesus and got changed, but we don't know him. But to find out who he is, to find out the knowledge of God. So here's your instruction right here to understand. Number one, he says, receive my words. Once you receive his words, meditate on them. He says, treasure my revelation within you. Incline your ear to wisdom. Wisdom always wants to speak to you. Wisdom always wants to speak. Apply your mind to understanding. Cry out for discernment. That's a cry out. How many of you really cried out, God, show me discernment here? Amen. Lift up your voice for understanding. Seek, the, seek for wisdom and search for wisdom. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. You're going to have to know this to get through this year. That's why I'm giving you these verses. The Lord gave me these verses. He said, you're going to give them these verses. That's going to help them get through this year to not miss their fall jubilee season. Amen. So the Abrahamic covenant and the fear of the Lord are connected. The covenant and the fear of the Lord are connected. The church wants the blessings of the Abrahamic covenant, but lack the fear of the Lord. Ministers, listen, ministers like the fear of the Lord. You can't, I just saw one minister stealing from the church here on the news, several hundred thousand dollars. How do you do that? He set up his own account and had all the ties going into that account. That's crazy. That's demonic. But the Bible says, you know, Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. And his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. So they're preaching behind the pulpit. You better know where you're at. You got to know where you're at. You got to know the fruit. So gossip is lacking the fear of the Lord. When we complain, we are lacking the fear of the Lord. If we're in debt, we have lacked the fear of the Lord. Anger, pride, arrogance, perverse mouth, it says, sexual immorality, we're lacking the fear of the Lord. And God has given us instructions on how to understand the fear of the Lord. So if you've seen these verses tonight, God's going to hold us all accountable to begin to meditate on these verses because it will produce the fear of the Lord in you. Meditation will do that. So the church is really walking in two covenants today. Amen. Let's look at Galatians 3.6. Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted him for righteousness. Let's go to 3.9. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. You ever thought about that? We're blessed by believing Abraham. We're saved by believing Jesus. This is a whole new perspective. Because he is the father of faith. So we're blessed by believing Abraham. So really study out Abraham so that you know how to, to believe on him. Study out what he did. I'm going to give you a, a little bit of example of what he had to go through. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law and have you become a curse for us? It is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Galatians 
And the reason Christ did that was that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, we have the Spirit, even though we're supposed to live by faith. So every time we operate in faith, we get another supply of the Spirit. Amen. It comes in measures. It keeps supplying it. As long as you're in faith, the Spirit's going to continue to supply the, where God has, had, has you walking. Galatians 3.16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. And he does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed who is in Christ. So all the promises that God made to Abraham are made to you if the seed of Christ is in you. And it's just a seed. As long as it's a seed, it's a promise, not a manifestation. We're walking around with this seed in us of God's promise to bless us. But as long as it's a seed, it's not going to be a manifestation. Amen. Paul said he labors until Christ is formed in you. So as that seed begins to form the image of God in you, you experience the blessings of God. That's how you know Christ is being formed in you. Because every time he forms a little bit of Christ in you, he's going to bless you because it takes obedience for him to be formed in you. Amen. Galatians 4.19. My little children, for whom I labor in birth, in birth again, till Christ is formed. This is Paul talking. So now you know what apostles do. They labor for you. They labor more outside of this setting in prayer and worship and calling out victory in your life. Pulling down revelation from God to be able to teach it so that Christ can be formed through that revelation. Form means, this is what form means, signifies an external form or an outer appearance. So as Christ is being formed in us, we should look more like Jesus. Amen. We should have his countenance. We should have his face. He doesn't have a face of fear. He doesn't have a face of anger. He's got a face of peace. So the seed has to be formed to release the Abrahamic covenant blessing. And when you move from that second man up there to the third man, you can be assured if you're in a trial right then, that seed has opened up and it's beginning to form that baby on the inside. As Christ is formed, the blessings are automatic. They're automatic. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Um, remember Genesis 16 when Abraham, uh, which I, this is, man, I tell you what, Abraham went through some stuff. This is when Sarah came to him and said that she was she was without child. But remember, she had a maid who was an Egyptian maid. And Sarah told Abraham to have sex with his maid so she could have a child. Now, isn't that selfish? Amen. This is our father of faith. But he became the father of fear to do something like that. So she had a baby, and Sarah got angry because now there's a baby, and it's not hers, even though she told Abraham to go have sex with that maid. So the maid left and ran into the wilderness, and an angel comes and visits her and says to go back and serve your mistress. Can you imagine? See how important it is for us to submit to authority? See how important it is? That's why the devil screws it all up. Gets wrong people and the wrong authority and messes up people. 
And then they don't want to serve anymore. Authority. But he told that maid to go back. And serve. Sarah. That's amazing. And the maid was obedient. And did it. And the Lord said if you'll do this. I will bless you. And I will multiply you. And he did. He blessed her. And he multiplied her. So I said that to go to Galatians 4.22. So we're talking about covenant. For it is written that Abraham had two sons. One from the bondwoman, one from the free woman. Most of the church has two sons. We have the son of God. But we still have the son of the bondwoman. In our mind. Walking around with two covenants, two heads, two characters. This has got to be dealt. This, this is the burial right here. Is, is the covenant of flesh that we made with flesh. That's what we're going to bury. I'm going to read it. It says, for, I'm going to read it again. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the bondwoman, the other by the free woman. This is the danger of taking God's promises into our own hands. Because we'll always start out in the spirit and try to perfect it with the flesh. That's dangerous. See, the bond woman is the woman of flesh. The free woman is the woman of the spirit. The bond woman bursts out sin. The free woman bursts out the promise. Anything that you yield to to satisfy you before someone else is satisfied or even God is sin. It's called selfishness. And we're birthing a covenant in our minds when we do it. Galatians 4.23 But he who was of the bondwoman, which is the slave woman, was born according to the flesh, the sinful nature. The I can't wait nature. I mean, all of us have been there. I'm, I'm saying we in all this teaching now. It's all we. The I can't wait nature. I could park right there, couldn't I? We could just park right there and tell some stories. Of how many slaves we have birthed into our life. Amen. Through fleshly fornication and through adultery and through anger and fear and disappointment and discouragement and all this stuff we're just birthing. As soon as we open our mouth, the baby is released. Right out of the birthing canal. Amen. Slavery is born through fear. Slavery is born through fear. Freedom is born through faith. Freedom is born through faith. I'm going to skip ahead and, and, and um, there's a note in here that I wanted to, a couple of nuggets I want you to write down if I can find it. But it was powerful. You're not totally free until your money is free. You're not totally free until your money is free. Amen. At the end of every feeling is nothing. But at the end of every, every principle is the promise. <laughs> at the end of every feeling is nothing. At the end of every principle is the promise of God. So don't go by feelings. Amen. We establish these covenants either through faith or through fear. Producing an external appearance of either faith or fear. You can look on some people and you see fear all over their face. They birthed the baby. They birthed the covenant. It shows up on their face. Sons of pleasure or sons of disappointment. Let's look at Galatians 4.24. Which these things are symbolic for these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which was Hagar, 
That was the maid. Hagar birthed Ishmael. I want you to remember, remember that name, Ishmael. Because we need to bury our Ishmael babies during this season. Amen? Because we have birthed a lot of those Ishmael. And they're going to be completely in the way. Now, when I say God's going to bless this last quarter of this year, he's, I'm talking about the whole body of Christ, not just kingdom life ministry. Because when God gives an apostle something, it's for the whole body, the whole church. Amen. So if you're hearing this message tonight, it's for you too. You got to hear it first. There's going to be a funeral service for the Ishmaels. There, these are the two covenants. Abraham had two covenants producing inside of him. And so it is with a lot of us. We have two covenants and we serve a jealous God. He is a jealous God. And Genesis 16, 11 says, Ishmael, you don't have to put that up. Ishmael was a wild man. That's what it says. Ishmael was a wild man. His hand was against man and man's hand was against him. Amen. So a wild man is an angry man, right? That's an Ishmael spirit in him. Galatians 4, 28. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, our children, of promise. Praise the Lord. Galatians 4.29 says, But as we, as he who was born according to the flesh, then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit. Even so, it is now. You got trouble in your house? There's, a, there's, there's two covenants at work. One's free and one's not free. And the one that's not free is persecuting the one that's free. That's why the Lord said don't, don't be unequally yoked. You could be been in, in, in equally yoked and gotten married but not stay with God and started birthing out these Hagar Ishmaels. And now you're persecuting the one that's trying to get right with God and stay right with God. Amen? Y'all getting this? We're both supposed to get right with God. But it's a choice. Amen. It's, a, it's an absolute choice to serve God. So it is now. I'm skipping ahead. So it's because I want to pray for some people before I leave. So the one who is born according to the spirit is persecuted by the one who is born according to the flesh. Faithless Ishmael harassed the child who came empowered by the Spirit of God. Faithless Ishmael harassed the child who became, became empowered by the Spirit of God. The conflict's in our mind. We have two babies in our mind. We have an Ishmael and we have an Isaac going on in our mind. We have the son of the free woman and we have the son of the bondy, the bond woman. That's why there's a struggle. If you've got a struggle in your mind, you can be assured that there's two covenants at work and two babies at work that we have actually birthed through the yielding of sin and the spirit. So we can be born of the spirit and still be birthing Ishmael in our mind through disobedience and through fleshly acts. Persecuted means this, to treat someone cruelly, to constantly nag them, annoy them, and bother them, to punish them, to grieve them, to cause them to suffer, to attack them. You ever been attacked? How many of y'all been attacked this week? Just absolutely attacked by somebody today to attack them. That's how you know that there's an Ishmael working. Sowing to the flesh bursts and displays decay, ruin, and destruction. Man, if we could just get that. 
That's the, that, that's the easiest way to bring a thought captive. If I do what I'm about to do and it doesn't glorify God, it's going to bring decay, ruin, and destruction back into my life. That's a, If you just get that down, you can bring thoughts captive pretty quick and judge them and cast them out and not yield to those thoughts. But sowing to the Spirit bursts life, peace, and prosperity. Life, peace, and prosperity. You see, the body of Christ needs to stop sowing to try to be good for God. To try to be right with God by doing good works. You can't, you can't, it, it doesn't work that way. Our works is filthy rags according to God. What pleases God is faith. Your work's working through faith. And faith comes by something God told you to do. Instead of you acting on something he didn't tell you to do, to try to please him and try to get right standing with him when we're already in right standing with him through Jesus Christ. We're already in right standing with him. Galatians 6, 8. He who sows to his own flesh the lower nature, the sensuality, will, will from that same flesh reap the K-Ruin instruction. But he who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So if there's destruction in your home, somebody has sowed to the flesh. But there is redemption. Jesus was made manifest just for that cause. To destroy the works of the devil. So there is an answer to our decay, our ruin, and our destruction. And it's Jesus. The name of Jesus. The anointing of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The word of Jesus. Can turn any situation around. Just like that. If you want, it, if you want the change. He is willing to change. He is willing to heal. Look at Job 31.1. I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? This is Job. He, he had already made a covenant with God. And he's arguing with God. Why then should I look at another woman? I've, I'm in covenant with you. Amen. The reason we look at another woman is because there's two covenants working. There's a covenant of Ishmael that's working. Cast it out. Now let's look at um, this. This is God's instruction to Abraham concerning this issue. Galatians 4.30 says, Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. Now the Old Testament is is uh, an outward thing. The New Testament is an inward thing. But it still applies today. Galatians is in the New Testament. So we have to cast out the bondwoman that's in our mind and the son that we've birthed. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heirs with the son of the free woman. So we will not be able to come and do this inheritance God wants to, to manifest this year if we've got the son of the bondwoman and the bondwoman still in our mind. In other words, if we're still yielding to the flesh, if we're still yielding to the sinful nature, and that we're bent towards that, we know that there's an influence there. And it's the anointing of God that breaks that influence off of, off of us. It's the word of God that will change us into his image. So there's always hope. Don't ever think there's never hope. There's always hope in Christ Jesus. He can do it now if we are willing and obedient. So it says, cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not have any inheritance with the free woman. So temptation and what the temptation birthed is still in the soul. See, we were tempted by the tempter. 
because we have temptation in us. We have that old covenant of sin in us. And all of us do. Because one day we're going to be perfect. When Jesus appears in the sky and raptures his church. And we're going to be quickened just like that to perfection. But it says cast out. That means to eject, to drive out, to pluck out, to send away what's in the way. You got to send away what's in the way of your life. There's people in your life, you just have to send them on their way. <laughs> because they are bringing decay, ruin, and destruction in your life. You have to make a choice to send away what's in the way in our minds that separates us from the blessings of Abraham that we're called to. We're actually called to. We're beckoned to that. But God says here, that the bondwoman will have no inheritance with the free woman. So we have the free woman, birthed out of the Spirit. Mary birthed Jesus, the free woman. It's in us. He's in us. All right? So we get in this, we get two covenants going on. All right, because we're going to have a burial here. Send your Ishmael to the burial site. He's already on the kingdom of God obituary column let's look at the newspaper look at this let me read it the burial of Ishmael viewing May 7th that's right now right some of y'all got some viewing going on right some things have manifested that people are seeing in your life and it's in viewing it's a viewing so we're viewing it Burial arrangements on or before June 30th, 2016. Mr. Ishmael passed away March 30th, 2016, 11.59 p.m. at Kingdom Life Ministries Hospital. <laughs> Ishmael was born on the day of flesh and lived all his life in deception of people's mind. Ishmael passed away due to fortunate cause of the rebirth of the spirit. Ishmael graduated from Mount Sinai High in the, the bottom 10% of his class and held some of the lowest honors one could achieve. Ishmael was also founder and one of the presidents of the kingdom of Satan. He had a successor, successful career of decay, ruin, and destruction. Ishmael was married to sin and conceived many deaths. He left no survivors. He will not be missed, nor neither remembered. <laughs> the funeral celebration will be held at 12B Chatham Center South Drive, King of Life Ministries, on June 30, 2016, at 7 p.m. The burial site will be at the altar. <laughs> on or before. The funeral director will be Minister of Life, CEO. <laughs> the devil hates me. Come join us on this day of celebration as we enter, as we know that Ishmael has entered hell. <laughs> Amen. Come on. <laughs> so pass out their their uh, burial sheets. And you can take these home and fill them out. <laughs> your your own what do you call it? Obituary. <laughs> and we're going to do something at the altar now and those who need to leave can leave um, but if you want to stay you can uh, we're going to play a few instrumentals and just let the fire of God consume the sacrifice tonight because he's going to send the fire tonight as we come up around the altar and he's going to burn up this is what the fire does. The fire of God cleanses and purifies. So we can be clean but not pure. That's why we need the fire. Because it does both. But it's the anointing of God that breaks the influence of 
Ishmael off of us. The anointing, the laying on of hands breaks it off. And it gives way for the fire to come. To burn up everything that's not of God. But when we come up, we have to be repentant. And this is the order to get re, to get to get the kingdom of God that's at hand to come not only near you but in you is to renounce the devil. You've got to renounce him first. You have to say, no more am I going to yield to this. Then you repent. Repent means you're going to change your mind. You're not going to think this way no more. So I'm going to say, devil, I'm not doing this no more. I'm not yielding to you no more. Even though I don't have the power to yield, to not yield to him, but Christ is going to give me the power. So I don't have to yield to him no more. And then just change your thinking. Turn your thinking that you're not going to do that anymore. You're going to find a replacement. Something good. Like your Bible. Your Bible, the scripture can replace that need. One thing about the word of God, it satisfies the soul. All right. So we're going to cut the lights and those who need to leave can leave. And if you want to stay and just soak up some more of the Lord, then we can do that as well. Remember, you can bury it tonight. It says on or before June 30th. We're not going into worship. We're just going to play some music. And you just come up here and lay on the floor and bow to the Lord and just give him your all. Say, Lord, I'm tired. I'm just tired. I'm tired of the struggle. I'm tired of this, tired of that. Remove the false covenant. I just want your covenant. I want the covenant of God. I want the Abrahamic covenant flowing in my life. Amen. All right, let's let's turn some music.